0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another "We're Drunken We Know Things" recorded in varying degrees of isolation. We're both quite isolated,
1: yeah, but generally. I mean, weren't we before as well, metaphorically? Well,
0: yeah, but that was just social stigma. This is more of a <laughs> physical. <laughs> anyway, a um, couple of things, I suppose, before we get into it. Uh, the first is an apology for those who listened to the last two episodes. The audio quality wasn't our best, and as a podcast that holds itself to the highest possible standards of production, mm. if not content, then, uh, yeah, it was it was far below what we would expect. Turns out that despite the fact that we are both set up with the same kind of mics and all the recording gear that we normally use... Um, Mike was actually recording himself through the microphone on his tiny little earbuds that he uses to monitor my audio. Yeah. Which is why he sounded both incredibly uh, echoey and quiet, but also why you can hear him scratching his beard furiously like a dog with all the fleas.
1: <laughs> okay, first of all, <laughs> look, you can't, as I've said, I have a literal tech podcast where tech is explained to me, so just giving me gear is not guarantee that I'm going to know how to use it. It turns out it was literally as simple as clicking on the button that said input and changing it from built-in headphone mic to mic, but... (laughs) Okay, I have no excuse. (laughs)
0: Anyway... That said, uh, we're almost certain that the audio this time around is going to be a lot better. What's amazing we is we'll never do it again. What's amazing promise.
1: is we don't know though, so we could make this apology, say it's going to be better this time, and then I when we put the em- in, episode out, it's still have to terrible. Be
0: back in a month's time, and be like, <laughs>
1: and
0: again. I feel like working—you know—the press secretary in the White House, yeah. just constantly having to apologise. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, wait, they don't. No, when he said uh, that,
1: he meant um...
0: <laughs> so. Um, Given that we are still uh, socially distant recording in uh, our various lockdowns, we decided that rather than trying to do something too cerebral, or or something too clever, or something that was a bit edgy, we would basically do the podcast equivalent of comfort food for the next two episodes. We're going to be celebrating champions of the various genres. Specifically, champion men of the various genres. Oh,
1: good. Good. Let's highlight that, that we inadvertently yes. did <laughs> Well, it
0: was an accident It happened, um, we'll do Champion Women Next month, it's yeah, fine sure. um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Anyway, to. so uh, This month on We're Drunk We Know Things It's probably going to run long Because it's one of Mike's favourite movies It's probably one of my favourite movies It's one of everybody's favourite movies It's Superman
1: That's what I do I drink. And I know things. (laughs) There's nothing better than miming over Zoom on a podcast. There really isn't. (laughs) Uh, But yes, yes, we are doing Superman. It is one of my favorite movies. It is 100% comfort food. I've watched it four times this week and two of the times were just because I like watching it. It's like having a hug, which is not allowed at the moment. Superman has been arrested. Uh, And fined heavily. Um, But um, yes, it was released in 1978. It was made for $55 million. Uh, It made $300 million, which in 1978 was a lot. Uh, It was the highest grossing movie Warner Brothers ever had, actually, at that point. Um, And yeah, like you say, uh, I just, I love it. I've loved it since I was a kid. I think it's probably, I watched that before I read the comics. This is probably what got me into reading comics. Um, And as an aside... Today, April the eighteenth, is canonically Superman's birthday.
0: Amazing. <laughs> this episode is coming out in two weeks' time. Yeah,
1: but the day we're recording it <laughs> is canonically Superman's birthday. Well uh, he's happy 80-
0: belated birthday for two weeks ago, Superman. He's
1: eighty seven today. He's uh, nineteen thirty three. April eighteenth. 18- eighty seven. Eighty seven. He looks fantastic. He doesn't look a day over 40. (laughs) He's he's 30, isn't he, in in the movie, but we'll come to that. Um, One of the various and many parallels to Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs)
0: Okay, that escalated quickly. uh, Right, we're going to do... Because we assume that everybody's seen Superman. I mean, more so than we assume that everybody's seen every movie we talk about. Although that's not always the case. But in this case, uh, Superman, you must have seen it at least once. Mm. So we're going to do a really
1: quick-fire run-through of... The plot. He said, more for my benefit than the viewers. We're doing a quick run-through, Mike. (laughs) Fair enough. And we're doing a quick run-through of the theatrical cut, not the cut that you made your wife watch.
0: (laughs) To be fair, it is kind of the same. It is. If you dial it down to the cogent points, there's just more in each bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Right, so Superman begins with credits, because
1: it was made in a time when they put the credits before the movie. And then the first thing you think is, wait, Mario Puzo wrote this film? What? (laughs) Uh, but we open on, anyway. We open on Krypton, and everyone is shiny, and it's like an ice planet, but it's not ice. Everyone is shiny. Crystal. It's a
0: crystalline it's- planet, and Marlon Brando sends uh, Terence Stamp into the Phantom Zone. He does because he's General Zod, and that has no bearing on anything else that happens in the film, except it's quite important for something that Mike's going to tell us later. Yes. Um, meanwhile, Krypton is going to explode, so uh, Marlon Brando and actress whose name I don't know load baby Superman into a crystalline spaceship that looks incredibly uncomfortable but is apparently very hard-wearing. Sure. He is then fired into space. Krypton blows up. The uh, alien spaceship crash-lands, massive furrow across the field, and driving past our soon-to-be Superman's adoptive mother and father, they just decide to steal a baby out of a the field. <laughs> they
1: keep a baby. That's a thing they that happens. It. They just yeah, keep, a keep a baby. the baby. We say it, we'll say it's my uh, sisters. We... <laughs>
0: Fine. It's so weird. We cut to uh, a young Superman at high school, which then led rise to an entire series that wasn't actually that bad. Uh, And he does all sorts of things like realising that he's an outsider, a bit of a loner, kicks a football, and then his dad dies. (laughs) This is
1: sad. (laughs) He runs home and then his dad dies of a heart attack. So then when his dad dies, he realises that he couldn't save him because of all the powers and decides he has to leave. And he goes north and he goes to the Arctic where he throws a green crystal into the sea and it makes the Fortress of Solitude... Where Marlon Brando turns up and goes, I'm gonna tell you all the knowledge of the universe, but for twelve years. <laughs> yeah. And Basically,
0: then, you're not going anywhere, son. Yeah. You're on lockdown. And then when you turn uh. thirty Oh, nice.
1: And when you're on when you turn thirty, <laughs> I'm gonna give you a Superman suit, but you're not called Superman yet, and you're gonna fly off and it's gonna be like
0: also give him a Superman suit which suggests that one of the things he learned in 12 years was amazing needlework anyway uh, we cut to uh, Metropolis which looks a lot like New York to the point that it has the same landmarks and buildings but it's (laughs) definitely not New York it's definitely Metropolis Uh, and we get to see Otis who is a bumbling drunken fool or maybe just a bumbling fool but he looks very drunk in that first scene and he is being tailed by two detectives Mm -hmm. and they think that he might lead them The big man Lex Luthor turns out Lex Luthor is a bad guy because Lex Luthor then kills the two of them (laughs) in an amazing, like, really cool bit.
1: Like, proper dispatches him so ruthlessly, it's like, yeah, he drops
0: him under a train. This is a children's (laughs) film. Oh, there are a couple of bits in this that are really, really <laughs> yeah. harrowing. Like, oh,
1: God, don't, don't um, think too much about that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Lex Luthor, it turns out, lives uh, in an old abandoned underground or metro station, and it's also got uh, a pool in it. Talking about his, <laughs> it's got a pool in it because he's flooded. It's the where coolest used set. To be. That is the coolest. It's amazing. Set. I, I
1: like that set more than I like the set for the for Krypton and the Fortress of Solitude. It's we so also cool.
0: get introduced to Miss Tashmaka. What's her name? Miss Tashmaka. Miss Tashmaka. Uh, who is her? <laughs> his um, squeeze and has unnecessarily large breasts
1: <laughs> wow okay she's gangster's mole type number uh, yeah again she's children's got children's movie she's got moxie and she brain. has
0: definitely got she's got two moxies and a Broxy. and <laughs> oh boy <laughs> right okay uh meanwhile clark kent has started a new job at the daily planet introducing uh two more of or reintroducing depending on which cut you watched um is lois lane on the train in the original cut yes Yeah, so reintroducing Lois Lane, who we've met briefly earlier as a young girl. You saw Clark Um, running past them. Yep, and introducing uh, people like uh, Mr. White. Perry White, Jimmy Olsen. Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, Mm -hmm. big names, and a bunch of other people who don't ever get mentioned again (laughs) in the Superman universe. Yep. But that's cool. Um, And then we actually get some action. So... Off the back of his starting at the Daily Planet, Lois has to go and interview the president who's landing Air Force One at Metropolis Airport, mm-hmm. which I assume is JFK, but with a different name. Yep. Uh, but she takes a helicopter because the Daily... Well, this was made in the uh, 70s, right? Yeah. 80s? Yeah. 1970s. So this, 80s was, came out. this was when press still had money yeah. because they have literally got their own helicopter think, and their own helipad. I think
1: local news people still... Local news companies still have helicopters. That's how they do what highway TV? chases and stuff. Yeah. On oh, TV, TV. yeah, not, do, but... Yeah, not newspapers. Newspaper? Yeah, that's true. Okay,
0: so anyway, it turns out that there's a big scene where the helicopter falls off the roof. That is amazing. (laughs) Almost falls off the roof. It's amazing. It's very scary. And Clark Kent reveals himself as Superman after a hilarious brief moment with a phone box. That is a bad Uh, outfit. Is yeah, so that is serious black exploitation. <laughs> yeah.
1: White people. And made he then, this film. <laughs> having
0: saved Lois Lane and put the helicopter back and saved three lives at least, he then realizes he's been revealed, so he goes on a crime fighting spree. He interrupts a cat burglar, yep. um some bank robbers, Gets to escape the boat, to a boat and he puts it on the road. He uh, <laughs> rescues a cat from a tree to show his human side, and, that- and he saves Air Force One that's had an engine struck by lightning uh, explode we've and got take the wing something.
1: off. Something. I'm not saying what. Just Fly. Fine. I also Meanwhile, love. I also love very quickly when uh, he saves the cat from the tree. The little girl goes inside and says, "A man swooped down from the sky and saved the cat." And t- t- you just hear the, uh, presumably her mother say, "What have I told you about lying?" And then the sound of a and slap she gets smacked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky Superman. Uh, right. Chicken Lex at the pool. He's mm-hmm. doing some stuff. Um, so Daily Planet White wants somebody to give him the story about Superman. He does. Meanwhile, Lois gets slipped a note. From somebody who clearly is Superman because he says I'm a friend, which is how he introduces you know, himself to the helicopter scene. Yeah. Um, uh, on the helicopter scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We then go to uh Lois. Uh actually Lois being a bit of a bung here, she's double booked herself. Yeah.
1: She's going so out. So she's with going Clark. out
0: for a date with Clark, yeah. but also no Superman yeah. showing up and is wearing a diaphanous outfit, uh, drinking wine, smoking cigarettes. And immediately uh-huh. asks
1: him what colour her panties are. <laughs> yeah colour my panties I don't know I can see straight through them <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it's
0: x-ray it's not in colour it's never been in colour we're
1: introduced to the concept of he can't see through lead
0: quite important for later on seems quite arbitrary uh, although, sure. yeah a bit of a MacGuffin <laughs> it's but, weird, hey. but yeah. Um yeah so and then we get both my favourite and least favourite scene of the movie when Lois and Clark go for a, a basically romantic flight around Metropolis yep absolutely yep.
1: can you read uh, my mind <laughs> Fucking hell. It's so weird. I when I was a kid I used to fast forward that bit. I hated it. Yeah. I hated it so you know much. why you know why it's my most favourite and also my least favourite? Because it's insane technology for nineteen seventy eight and basically the invention of rear prediction, but also it's really, really bad.
0: <laughs> no. I, I mean to be fair, the technology is amazing, although I'm somewhat um desensitized to it because we now live now. Yeah. Um no, it's the fact that you actually get amazing adaptations on the lowest theme, mm. which is the best piece of music in the entire freaking film. Yeah. It is gorgeous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you get what I believe Dick Donner referred to as that damned poem. <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
1: anyway, she was uh, gonna Lex sing it originally.
0: Oh <laughs> crust.
1: <laughs> Apparently Dick Donner heard her sing it and he was like, nah. <laughs>
0: I'm alright. Uh, Lex has a plan to steal nuclear missiles. We're not too sure what he's doing with them yet, but he is basically a nefarious he's evil genius, as has been um, sorted. Mm-hmm. And they managed to accidentally
1: program the first one wrong. Oh yeah. BT, but yeah. Otis programs it wrong, so it goes the wrong way.
0: But despite the fact that the Coordinates are off by a factor of 100, and the Earth is two thirds water. It also manages to still target a major populated <laughs> landmass. Yeah. Uh, they then have to go back and uh, basically fix the other one. So they're reprogramming where these missiles are going to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lex then lures Superman to his underground l- l- lair. With the high frequency. Superman to his underground lair using a yeah, high frequency message. It's like a dog whistle. You're the only creature who's not on four legs who can hear this, Superman. <laughs> That's judgmental. But anyway, I mean, some dogs have only got three legs. That's
1: true. What happens if that dog's been in an accident? Yeah. Is there no Or maybe end? it's one of those
0: two legged dogs on a little trolley. Is there no way I mean, to Lex
1: Luther's evil?
0: No. There's, there, no. Uh, and he lures Superman and then tries to kill him three different ways, which is a bit daft because he already knows he can't be killed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he doesn't uh, in the bre- theatrical cut. Oh, sorry. I do right, like the, I pardon. do like
1: that added in bit though with like the the fire and the freezing and that kind of stuff. I do like that bit. I think that's cool. I think that's cool. Um so they get
0: there and it turns out Superman and Lex face off with a battle of words and Superman kind of picks him up and tosses him <laughs> around. Love,
1: with it. <laughs> I love when <laughs> he says brilliant. Oh, just take the man's cape.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he wants me doing everything
1: to the Gene Hackman says in this movie.
0: It, it, it is, is, brilliant. is so it good. It's brilliant. It's so good. So uh, he then uh, does a seemingly obvious supervillain thing and explains his entire plan to Superman.
1: And he's got that big map with the Perspex overlays. Like he's had that made. He's really pressed. He's had that made so he can explain it to somebody. And oh, thank God, Superman. Oh, that cost me an arm and a leg.
0: (laughs) But he tells him that the only person who can stop them is him because he has the detonator. But
1: did he get a craftsman in to do that? (laughs)
0: <laughs> you think? I'm assuming I'm assuming that he's just, you know, incredibly talented. Yeah,
1: indeed. He's like an incredible So craftsman.
0: He can he's the only one that can stop the missiles because he has the detonator. Mm-hmm. Superman demots know where the detonator is. <laughs> Lex then double bluffs him by saying, It's over there. Superman x-rays everything and then settles on a box that's made out of lead. See above previous plot McGuffin about the fact that he can't see through it's lead. True. He opens the box and yeah. oh my god, kryptonite that we actually were introduced to earlier because they have to go to Addis Anaba. Um,
1: Oh Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: randomly uh kryptonite turns out to be superman's kryptonite shit what did we say before it was a thing is achilles heel that'll do classical education ladies and gentlemen Uh, and six years uh, of latin lex Lex puts kryptonite on a chain around superman's neck and basically falls in a pool and lex is free because superman is at the bottom of a pool weakened and dying
1: but he doesn't watch him die Uh, he just leaves but He's just like, whatever. He doesn't watch him die I'm out. and
0: he doesn't flush him or put yeah. him in a box. or anything, Shoot him. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, meanwhile, underwater. on the way out, he has uh, said, you know, where's the other missile going? Because there are two missiles. <laughs> Even with your super speed Superman, you can't stop both of them. He said, the other one, going to Hackensack, New Jersey, mm. um, where it turns out that Mrs. T's mum lives. Oh
1: my God. And she's
0: gutted. Yes, she is. Because, you know, she mom. might be a bit of a slut gangster mole with big what's-its, <laughs> but she loves her mum.
1: <laughs> oh, Why have you made her a slut? <laughs>
0: There's nothing to suggest that she's... Don't slut-shame she, Miss as text she, maker. She, uh, I'm sorry. She literally kisses
1: the next man she meets in this film. Well, let's not slut-shame her, though, Rob. I don't know. Let's not... know That's right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, she then kisses him. And he's like, why did you kiss me? And he's, she's like, because I don't think you let me before. So actually, if anything, she's a at, sexual at the, predator. Yeah, okay.
0: So she's like, wannabe cougar. <laughs> uh, anyway, she frees Superman, and Superman keeps his word and goes off to New Jersey. He does. After an amazing moment, and I don't know if this is in the theatrical cut, mm-hmm. but there is an amazing moment in the control booth where they say, where's the other missile headed? And it's like, one of the modern missiles is headed for California. Oh, my God, that's headed straight for the San Andreas Fault. Right. Where's the other one going? It looks like it's headed for... Oh, no, they're attacking Metropolis. They're like, no, sir. It looks like it's headed for Hackensack, New Jersey. Everyone just looks at each other and goes... What's in New Jersey?
1: <laughs> no, that's not in a theatrical cut. No, no, amazing. It's brilliant. <laughs> amazing.
0: Um, we'll try and keep those to a minimum, but yeah, as I mentioned, I watched three hours, three hours, eight minutes of Superman <laughs> yesterday. That's an
1: hour longer. Ooh. It's an yeah, hour it's longer.
0: <laughs> Superman saves Mrs. T's mum, uh, does actually, uh, is unable to stop the Westbound missile, but manages to fix a whole bunch of stuff. He flies underground and uh, picks up the fault line. Yeah, Apparently, that's how fault lines he work. He stops the
1: Hoover Dam from... Collapse- well, no, the Hoover Dam collapses, but he stops it with rocks. Uh, it's important and- that he stops
0: the Hoover Dam collapsing because Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane have gone out there to do stories. Mm. Um, About lexifying up all the land. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lois is investigating the story. Uh, her car gets crushed in an earthquake in what is probably the most harrowing scene <laughs> of the is, entire film. It's really
1: bad. It's, it's really dark. horrible. Dumb. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, so she gets, and she gets Superman
0: makes it to the car, but not in time to save her. Uh. Lois Lane is dead,
1: and he's like, Ahh! and he does like a super scream.
0: Yeah, and then he flies into a thunderstorm uh, and sees the face of his father in the cloud, and his father says, Simba, one day all this will be... No, sorry. Um, His father tells him that
1: he can't mess with Earth history. He can't manipulate the events of Earth history, and then he hears Jonathan Kent say, you were put here for a reason, and he's like, yeah, you're right, Earth, Dad. So he flies... So he flies into
0: space (laughs) and spins around the world really quickly, so the world stops spinning one way and starts spinning the other way, and apparently that makes time go backwards.
1: Obviously. Obviously yeah
0: i <laughs> to be fair i spent a large portion of my childhood genuinely believing that that would work right. and that we got everybody to run the other way at the same time we mm. could just go back an hour
1: i honestly used to think when i was a kid that when you walked in the direction against the direction that the earth was spinning you weren't moving but the earth was just spinning underneath you
0: that technically is true
1: yeah <laughs> you've got to move quite fast <laughs> yeah you'd have to be moving at the rate at which the world is spinning right <laughs> Fine. How fast Challenge is, accepted. How fast does it
0: spin? I don't know. I need to look it up. Yeah. Okay.
1: Fair enough. Right. Anyway. anyway. So
0: <laughs> he uh, puts the clock back sure. and undoes Lois's death, which also, for reasons of plot, doesn't undo any of the other things he fixed. No. Um, and he saves Lois, and then uh, decides that he has to go and finally go and arrest Lex Luthor at notice, mm-hmm. uh, but not Mrs. H, who presumably has escaped
1: he lets her go cuz she's nice cuz she kissed him and saved her he's like ah yeah. uh, you're okay really
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with the fact that
1: huge
0: um so yeah <laughs> he drops what is your deal
1: th- with her boobs yeah, we'll come back to it
0: um <laughs> So he drops uh, Lex Notice at jail and then actually quite nicely says they can stay here till they get a fair trial. He does. And then does a, kind of a high five with the warden. Yeah. Says, We're all on the same all team, warden. We're on the same team. This clearly predates the privatisation of the prison system in the
1: US. I also love that because- bit. When it, what, who is that <laughs> Superman? And, he, and um, Gene Hapman whips the wig off. It is I, Lex Luthor. <laughs> so good.
0: <laughs> and he flies into the sunset. He done. does.
1: He does. All Superman film movies end like that, by the way. Of him flying off into the sunset, rolling to face camera and flying, flying off all through Superman films. Right, that's the plot. It is. Woo. So join us next time when we do <laughs> beloved movie Superman summaries. too. <laughs> oh, only the Donner cut. So um, what should we do now? Should we talk about how they made it? Well, yeah, cool production. What's so good about this is how we seamlessly hide the edits. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, they can't
0: they can't see a thing. They I mean never. the level of levels have changed. Honestly, every episode
1: and... is like Birdman. It just feels like one seamless conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they must say, Oh, how do they just not pee all the time? Anyway, production Well it's like it's like twenty-four. No <laughs> yeah. pee,
0: and our phones never need charging.
1: It's true. And I'm just constantly torturing people. <laughs> So, um it was produced by Ilya and Alexander Salkind. And they are very in- Salkind or Salkint. They're probably Salkind, let's be real. But uh it's along along with Pierre Spengler. The Salkins, Salkins, Salkints are the big players in Superman throughout the years. Um they're movie they're quintessential I want to make a load of money movie producers frankly. They are the reason that I watched
0: three hours, eight minutes of Superman yesterday. You
1: are, yeah, yes. So you, that's the TV cut, funnily enough, because the longer it yep. was on, the more money they made, because they literally charged by the minute. Yep. So it's not a director's cut, that's just uh, we want that more money. So, Ilya pitched Superman in 1973 uh, to DC, uh, when DC were DC and not owned by Warner Brothers, um, and after a very long time and lots of negotiation and presumably a whole big old bag of money, um, got the rights in 1974. This is an extremely long gestating product, uh, project um, that was filled with nightmarish scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> um, they decided to shoot one and two back to back and sold the rights to uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, in something that is called a negative rights deal. And I was like, oh, what's negative? A left deal. What's negative rights? I wonder what that is. Left, Does it mean like, le- left. do they not make money? Wrong? Uh, no, it literally it's the rights to the film negatives.
0: Uh, (laughs)
1: yeah i literally had to read a wikipedia article and was like oh right yeah negatives right i was like what's negative rights anyway um dc agreed just remember two negative rights do
0: not make a right
1: (laughs) no no i will not allow it Uh, too late it's done (laughs) dc were uh, presented with a list of proposed actors uh who they agreed those actors were al pacino Jim's Khan. <laughs> don't know why I said it like that. Jim's Khan. Uh, Steve McQueen, Clint Eastwood, Dustin Hoffman, and Muhammad Ali.
0: <laughs> Hang on a minute. Are you saying that we could have had Black Superman? We could have
1: had Black Superman. Could have. Oh, Muhammad Ali, actually. Again,
0: I know we always do this. The alt-universe where that exists.
1: Imagine, I mean, and this is days before the internet as well, so what? nobody would have been annoyed about it. Um. <laughs> Oh, I, I think a lot of people were very annoyed <laughs> well, it, about it. And in the comics, uh, Superman actually fights Muhammad Ali. You know, he, he, oh my god, he boxes him for charity, uh, and he promises not to use his super strength. And Muhammad Ali basically kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> well, boxes the shit out of him. Anyway, so originally they hired Alfred Bester, who is a science fiction writer who wrote the "Destroyed Man" short story. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, he's actually I not. he's the winner of the first ever Hugo Award. Uh, which is ah, yeah, which is a big prestigious science fiction award. He's the first the first winner of it. Um, he was signed on to write the screenplay, um, but they decided that he wasn't famous enough. So they decided to give Mario Puzo $600,000 to write it because Mario Puzo had won two Oscars for Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 based on his book, The Godfather, which, by the way, I actually don't like that book. I don't think it's very good. The film is obviously a masterpiece, but whatever. So they got Mario Puzo to write it because he was famouser. Which is okay. the, the hallmark? And traditionally, having written, you know, a, an
0: an overarching epic story of organized crime, really qualifies you to write a superhero movie based on a comic book.
1: But he basically wrote it as like a familial operatic thing, which is why you've got the father becomes a son, son becomes a father, all that kind of stuff, the legacy, and all that kind of business, which is why he's written it like that. Um, they wanted to do. Uh, it's, I know I'm putting big inverted commas around this, which the viewer can't, the listener can't see, but they want to do like a realistic take. You know what I mean? Like a grounded take on a man who can fly. Ooh, that was clever. <laughs> Cut that soundbite okay, out for that's... the trailer of this episode. Um, so they started looking for directors. Um, they spoke to Francis Ford Coppola, because obviously he had made The Godfather, William Friedkin, who had made The Exorcist, um, a little man called George Lucas, uh, but he turned it down because he was making another film called Star Wars um, that I don't know if it ever caught on. Um, they also asked... Never heard of it. Richard Lester, who will come into this later. I see Richard Lester sound familiar. He directed Superman 2, but we will come to that later. Um, and Sam Peckinpah. Now, Sam Peckinpah, who had made The Wild Bunch, which is quintessential... Um, He wasn't given the job because apparently um, he pulled a gun on the Salkins during a meeting about whether he wanted to direct the film or not. He's quite famously unstable and a raging alcoholic, so they didn't go with him. Um, They wanted um, Steven Spielberg. Uh, Ilya wanted Steven Spielberg and asked him, um, and he said he would be very interested to do it. And Alexander Salkind said, let's wait until his big fish opens. To see if it's any good, basically, because <laughs> Jaws hadn't come out yet. Um, when Jaws did oh, come amazing. out, and obviously it was amazing, they were like, "Oh my god, please make Superman!" And he was like, "Oh no, I'm making Close Encounters now, so I can't do it." So we yeah, we I'm, nearly I'm, got a Spielberg. We nearly got a Spielberg Superman.
0: Um, Spielberg Superman starring Muhammad Ali <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Denizens of that alternate universe. Fair enough. The plants may all want to eat you, but <laughs> damn, you get some good movie yeah, time.
1: Amazing. Excuse me a second while I drink this beer.
0: Is that better.
1: <laughs> oh, that's better. So they then got Guy Hamilton, and he signed on. Now you may know, you m- might remember or not the name Guy Hamilton from the famous episode that we never did about James Bond, because he directed four James Bonds. Pop quiz, hotshot! Can you tell me the four bonds he directed? Uh, no, it's two Conneries and two Moors. Well, one of them's got to be Diamonds. Correct.
0: Um, I'm trying to think what the early Moors were. Jesus. Did he do Moonraker? He didn't. Oh. Oh, well, I'm out. (laughs) Fair enough. Moving on. Fair enough.
1: Uh, He did Goldfinger, (laughs) Diamonds of Forever, Live and Let Die, A Man with a Gold Gun. Hang on, he did Goldfinger? He did Goldfinger, yeah. Okay. Goldfinger, Uh Diamonds of Forever, Live and Let Die, A Man with a Gold Gun. He signed on in 1975, which is why all of the production people, editors and that kind of stuff, are Bond crew. A bonk crew. Fair. Um, Bring good people. I know good people. I'm going to use good people. Yeah, exactly. So Puzo turned in a 500-page screenplay, which is insane, for both films, for one and two. Uh, And in this draft, Clark Kent was actually a TV reporter, which I suppose might explain the helicopter. I don't know. No. Um, Dustin Hoffman then turned down the role of Lex Luthor as well, because they offered him that as well. Um,
0: Justin Hortman wants nothing to do (laughs) with it. No, he really
1: doesn't. Brando signed on as Jorel and got paid $3.7 million. This is in 1977. And he got 11.75% of the box office gross profits which turned out to be 19 million dollars in total is how much that, he made from that being... is a lot of twinkies that well, does explain uh, what happened this is, to brando after this is brando at the height the height of his of his fame Brand-less. and also and his, of his brandon's craziness because he pitched ideas that rather than appear in the film he could be shown as a green suitcase or a bagel <laughs> because marlon brando was insane <laughs>
0: So that entire bit where he's, you know, Jura. It could have been like a flashing suitcase. It's just like he's talking to a breakfast bread product.
1: It, I can't find out anything else, like whether he meant like a glowing green ring or something. Well, it,
0: maybe it would be like, yeah, because they know they make quite a lot of the spinning rings for around computers and they, yeah, use, yeah. Them as, uh, In, and they use them as a prison and they actually use them as awesome, a projection system. When I was a kid, um,
1: I was so proud of myself for working out how... How it, does <laughs> that work? I was so proud of myself for working out when I was a kid.
0: How does it not fall down? <laughs> yeah. uh, but maybe that was it. Maybe it was just a bagel, but on mm. one of them. Yeah. Can you imagine?
1: So he had it in his his contract that he would only take 12 days to shoot all of his scenes and he refused to learn any of his lines. So he's reading everything off cue cards. (laughs) (laughs) $19 million they paid for this. To be fair, his performance is amazing. His performance is amazing. He's still Marlon Brando. Craziness aside, he's still Marlon Brando. Um, He basically wanted to do the role because he wanted to do a Roots style mini series about Native Americans. Um, so he was going to use all the money for that so he was very oh very, sorry like uh, <laughs> how
0: does this lead into that no no, no he's just going to use the he's money. he's going to use
1: the money to do that um because he was very in touch with like the native american people he you know he turned famously turned down the oscar that he he won because he sent that native american in, in his place and all that kind of stuff but anyway blah blah blah. hackman was then cast two million dollars just for superman one uh, and it was nice. decided that they would shoot all of brando and hackman scenes first because they had other commitments so basically, they're dropped into this film to make sure that people go and see it because it's got the, yeah. two of the biggest names of 70s cinema. You know. um, they then brought two people in to do a rewrite on a script called Robert Benton and David Newton. Now, they had written a 1966 musical based on Superman called It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, which was nominated for three Emmys, is still running to this day, and had a resurgence in London in 2016 right <laughs> a superman I assume you have not seen i have never seen i hadn't heard of it until i started reading this but apparently there are 70s there's a 70s abc television version of it as well that some of the stills of are very special it's like a super skinny guy <laughs> in the worst looking superman suit you've ever seen like Lois, i love you it's just it's the worst thing it's 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 so funny it's so very so funny um but apparently very successful and beloved this musical um I've got a literal Superman tattoo and I've never heard of this. <laughs> anyway, um, the new script was considerably campier um, because Maya Rapuso took it all very seriously, um, as one should. It included a scene... And also
0: they got on two guys who literally wrote a musical yeah, so, for their yeah, last job.
1: So they, re- they rewrote it and made it much campier. But apparently there was a scene where Superman is flying around looking for Lex Luthor and he's just like stopping all the bald men in the street. In the streets of Mono- Mono- Metropolis, and at one point he stops, and it's Kojak, and it was going to be a Kojak cameo, and Kojak was going to say, "Who loves your baby?" and stick a lollipop in Superman's mouth.
0: <laughs> I, am not going to lie, they would have, they would have recut it. Donald would definitely recut it, but I would have watched the shit you know, out.
1: D- of it. Donna when he when he, he comes in, he was just all that shit's going. <laughs> All that winking at the camera stuff is going. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Oh. Um, so they began filming in 1976 in Cinecita Studios in Rome, which we talked about briefly in the Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the biggest studio in, in Europe, where the sets were built and flying rigs were very unsuccessfully tested. It cost a million dollars to work out how to do the flying rigs, and they didn't work. Um, and then it found out that Brando couldn't film in Italy because there was a arrest warrant out for sexual obscenity for him because he's in the movie last tango to paris last tango in paris yep. which was filmed uh, and and released later in obviously in italy um mm-hmm. it was deemed so pornographic um and terrible that um arrest warrants were um handed out for the director brando the actors the actors and the producers so they were persona non gratis in italy so they're not allowed to go to Italy. so they couldn't because... so they built all the sets and brando is like oh i can't go to italy <laughs> <laughs> So they moved production to England in 1976, having started production. They didn't move everything to 1976. But then it turns out that Guy Hamilton can't shoot in England because he's a tax exile. Oh, God. So they fired him. And Richard Donner was then brought in. <laughs> because they saw the omen and they were like, this guy's got the goods. Uh, and they paid him. I also like the fact that
0: Brando, they moved the entire production to another country. The director, oh
1: no, you're out, mate. The director, yeah, exactly. Amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Amazing. Um, Richard Dolan was then brought in. Um, he brought in Tom Mankiewicz. I can't say his name. Mankiewicz? Mankiewicz? It's close uh, to rewrite the script, um, which at that point was a shooting script of 550 pages, which is bananas even for two films donna said when they rewrote it it was down to 120 pages um the wga wouldn't credit mankiewicz as a writer which is why it still says merit screenplay by mario Puzo," even though from what i understand little of his screenplay was actually left mankiewicz was then credited as a creative consultant so donna seriously pissed off the wga by doing this basically richard donna pissing people off is a very much a through theme of this. Richard Donner doesn't give a fuck. It's amazing. It is truly amazing. So the big word for Donner's uh, production of this is verisimilitude which I think I texted ah, you last night drunkenly. Versa- that's ability. where you got it That's from. where I got it I was from.
0: like, somebody's got a word of the day. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So what, what it is, is essentially no winking at the camera. Play it straight. It's, it, it, it's about Superman. It is Superman. of real life. Yes, exactly. It's all got to be sincere. It's all got to be, as silly as it all is, it's got to be taken seriously. Um, and it is. And it is. Nailed it. Yeah, 100%. 100% nailed it. And we, we will come back to that in The Legacy later. So we are now at the point where they are casting Superman. So they're filming Hackman and... and brando's bits they've changed director 15 times and now they haven't even decided so originally they wanted paul, paul newman he was offered four million dollars to be superman lex luther or jor and he said nah not interested but reynolds turned it down sylvester stallone wanted it and they just never mentioned it because they were like no no uh, robert redford said he was too famous he thought he would overshadow the character uh, which is kind of cool actually i kind of like that actually He's like, it's both a real dick move,
0: <laughs> but a really classy uh, dick move. I, I'm,
1: kind of, I'm kind of choosing to look at it as he's like, no, no, yeah. this is meant to be about Superman, and otherwise it would just be Robert Redford in a cape.
0: <laughs> but it's, it's it's, also, it's still a pretty yeah. ballsy... <laughs> oh no, I, I would love to, but I'll tell you why I can't.
1: I'd love to be arguably the most famous character of all time ever, but I'm too famous. <laughs> Ooh... So they decided okay, who else we got? they decided to cast an unknown, uh, but Richard Donner wouldn't audition Christopher Reeves because he said he was too skinny. It literally got to the point where they were um auditioning um the Salkin's dentist. That's <laughs> apparently one of the stories. They uh, then settled um on Patrick Wayne, who was John Wayne's son, uh, but he dropped out because his father was diagnosed with stomach cancer and he wanted to spend time with him because it was a terminal diagnosis mm-hmm. and he didn't want to do it. <coughs> This is my favourite bit. Neil Diamond and Arnold Schwarzenegger very actively lobbied for the role and were completely ignored. <laughs> Neil Diamond. It's <laughs> so. Good. I like.
0: I know that they weren't, but I like the idea that they were lobbying together. Let's join Looking forces. At, oh, I'm going to be Clark.
1: He's going to be Superman. It'll be brilliant. Uh, anyways. I mean, we're we're sympathetic. We're twins. Look, twins. <laughs> well, I was. Schwarzeneg- that's,
0: le- that's what led
1: to. That is amazing. That is yeah. amazing. I'd love yeah. that they were in a room and that's how the concept came up. With. <laughs> Neil Diamond get pushed that's... out by Danny DeVito.
0: <laughs> Can't catch a break. That is so good. Neil Diamond. Uh,
1: James Caan, oh. uh, he turned it down. He said, there's no way I'm wearing that suit. James Brolin turned it down. Christopher Walken turned it down. That would have been clever. That would have been good. Ooh. Nick Nolte, John Voigt, Chris Christopherson and Charles Bronson all said no. So eventually, Richard Donner said, fine, I will audition Christopher Reeve who was... Amazing, uh, but they were like, "Listen, you're really skinny. We're going to put you in a muscle suit." And Christopher Reeve said, "Absolutely not. I'm not wearing a muscle suit. I will just massively bulk up." So he trained for six months with David Prowse. So famous bodybuilder Who played. Darth some Vader. people yeah.
0: will know. Sorry. Famous bodybuilder was the Green Cross Code guy.
1: <laughs> he was the Green Cross Code and did man. some
0: other things as well. Yeah, some other. You small... kind of ruined that by dropping Darth Vader straight <laughs> off the bat. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Zoom is hard. Zoom is hard. <laughs>
0: Anyway, um, that's cool, because Dave Prowse traditionally... Uh, uh, how tall is Dave Prowse? Was he 6'6"? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a very tall man, and Reeve is not
1: short. No, indeed. No, Reeve is, Reeve is what, 6'2", I think? Um, he says 6'4", in the
0: film, but I'm not, really not sure if that's not that Superman being 6'4". Yeah, you know, yeah. with yeah. the platforms.
1: Yeah, because he's hunched over as Clark Kent anyway, so he's, I'm hunching over for the benefit of the listener. Um, so Christopher Reeve, keeping in mind, $19 million, Marlon Brando... Two million dollars for um, how much do you think Christopher Reeve got paid for both films? Uh,
0: 100000 hundred grand.
1: Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> but he actually, being Christopher Reeves, seemingly a saint, said, uh, "Actually, Superman brought me so many opportunities rather than closing a door in my face that he was never pissed off about it." I love Fast. Christopher Reeves so much. The, the man is was mm. pure class, end to end. He was his performance in this film cannot go under i uh, not go appreciated enough like it, it the way he plays clark kent and superman as two different characters and he's so perfect as both it, it sets a, like a new standard or it sets the standard for comic book movies but we will come to that in legacy anyway sorry we've got we've got okay. we've got a little bit left to go through for production um at the time it was the most expensive film of all time Uh, In production, it started filming in nineteen seventy-seven and lasted till October seventy-eight, so nineteen months at Shepperton and Pinewood. Um, Actually, run six months over. John Barry, not that John Barry, different John Barry, who is a production designer. I did see that. Yeah, he's a he's a production (laughs) designer. John Barry, executive producer. (laughs) Yeah, he's a production designer. He's a production designer who designed all the sets and everything. Um, He was a set designer for Clockwork Orange, uh, and he had won an Oscar for A New Hope he was also george lucas's production designer Mm -hmm. um he does all the incredible sets so
0: famously this barry is the guy who does things like
1: a lot of the model work in star wars and what have you was all him yeah exactly yeah absolutely yeah um very actually he he was the second unit director on empire strikes back um and in may 1979 he was rushed to hospital one day with a temperature of 104 degrees and died the next day he had meningitis he died whilst making empire strikes back um which is, um, you know... Uh, what's I, the word? I
0: don't know what to do with dedicated that. Dedicated to okay. his name.
1: I do, it's just a weird thing I was reading about yeah. and was like, Jesus, I didn't know that. That's crazy, crazy. Um, so Fortress of Solitude, which he designed, was built at Shepperton and Pinewood. Um, after seeing those sequences, Warner Brothers actually decided to um, release the film internationally. It was only going to be released in North America up until this point, which boggles my mind. <laughs> anyway, um, they were like, this is so good. We should send it out everywhere. As you say, New York filled in for Metropolis. Alberta, Canada filled in for Smallville, um, for Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, those scenes where he, you know, when he decides to leave and he's standing in the wheat field, it's like yeah. aping Terrence Malick. That scene is so beautiful. When he's standing there and he hugs his mum. Like, every time I well up when I watch that. It's so, so good. It's so, so good. Um, Richard Lester, so at this point, the Donner and the producers, now this is where the trouble starts. Donner and the producers had a very fraught tense relationship basically where Richard Donner was going to do whatever he fucking wanted and the producers were going to pay for it and sharp and the producers wanted to do it cheap and quick and sharp so Richard Donner was like I'm trying to make a Superman film here I'm not half-arsing it basically um they kept saying he was constantly behind schedule Richard Lester was then brought in as a co-producer to mediate between Donner and um Donner and the The producers. Uh, Yeah, and the Salkins and Spengler. Spengler in particular, Donner said, at one time, if I'd seen him, I would have killed him. Um, Lester was offered a producing credit, but refused, preferring to go uncredited. Um, But basically, he was there to keep an eye on Donner and essentially be ready to take over as soon as they fired Richard Donner. So... um, he was there from what i understand richard lester was there because he had made some movies with the salkins before the three musketeers and the four musketeers mm-hmm. um and they basically not paid him they'd uh, kept relocating they, they kept relocating to different countries and he kept suing them but every time they moved to another country or moved their production company to another com- country he had to refile the lawsuit so eventually they brought him in and said we will give you that money that we owe you if you come in and do this work on superman so they've got that over him as well. Not the nicest people, these people, clearly. Um, Richard Donner obviously didn't really trust Richard Lester for good reason. Richard Lester didn't really want to do this, but was kind of thrust upon him kind of thing. Um, um, and they were at this point, they're 75 through 75% way through making the sequel and Superman 1 is in the can. The producers then took a risk and just said, right, we're going to focus on the first movie. If the first one bombs, forget it. We're not going to do number two. So the original ending of Superman 2 had Zod destroying the earth and Superman flying around it turning it backwards and turning back time to then go and undo the fight, right? Yep. But Richard Donner basically said he actually he actually said if I decide if I if I decided if Superman is a success, they're going to do a sequel. If it ain't a success, a cliffhanger ain't going to bring him in to see Superman 2. So he said, screw it. We'll just use that ending for this film and then we'll sort it out later." We'll just sort it out later. Um so, they're doing all that, so just I want to very quickly touch on the last bit of production, which is the special effects. Because we will talk about the release and what happened with Superman 2 a little bit later. So.
0: In hour three of this podcast. In
1: hour three of this. This is the director's cut. This is We get minutes by television.
0: No, this is the TV cut. <laughs> this
1: is the TV cut. This I podcast. get
0: paid for every minute I can
1: keep you talking. Well, I think I've gone through this pretty swiftly, to be fair. I don't think it's been too fair? bad, to
0: be fair. So in terms of special effects there are a couple of big ones obvious ones yeah
1: so flying yeah so that's kind of what i want to talk about really because there's obviously an enormous amount of miniature work and that kind of stuff which is i mean
0: can we in which case before you get into fine can we just take a moment because again extended cut or no i Mm. the trouble is i didn't have chance to watch both so i don't really know what's in one and what's not
1: um well we've all been very busy towards the (laughs) sorry we've all been very busy out and about all the time (laughs)
0: Well, you know, it's tough. Um, So there are certain elements, certainly when during the earthquake sequence, where you've got the street in the town and the houses are literally collapsing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, And those are clearly models, but they're full-size sets on pneumatics. Yeah, it's amazing. Because you've got actors in them. Yeah. And again, it's that thing that we always say, it's like, this predates CGI, it predates an awful lot of stuff. Obviously, mm-hmm. they, they came up with some very smart uh, bits for the flying sequences. Yeah, yeah. But even so, if you actually watch that scene and realise that those were real buildings mm. that were built in such a way that they can basically collapse in an and earthquake. Like the,
1: the streets cracking and apart and collapse again. Yeah, yeah. And like streets collapsing and cracking apart and all that kind of stuff. And it, yeah, it's, it is that i mean the pneumatics budget on this alone must have been off the but charts 55 million dollars i mean it, it this is Fair. this is this is at an age when actually that phrase of you can see it all up there on the screen is really true because it really is like it, it, it's in it's insane design and just it's like absolutely ingenious there's also
0: a couple of bits where they really cut some corners there's some of the miniature work oh, is really the frigidious. miniatures when like the dam breaks the dam
1: bursts <laughs> <laughs> Oh so, no. Like when the rocks There's at least a liter of water rushing towards <laughs> When the rocks <laughs> fall down and like stop the yeah. water is like but it looks like that doesn't look like enough water to destroy that town. It, it is really lame. It is really lame. It's, it's very yeah. funny. Um
0: yeah. and uh, the other the other element I really like is obviously I got the extended uh, demolition of Krypton. Mm. They spent a lot of money on that. Yeah, by the yeah, way. yeah, yeah. All that the is, people sliding around all over the place which you stuff. don't see mm. uh in the in the 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 studio where you, see a, well, you see a bit a of it bit. Yeah, but right. it's literally it's 20 minutes mm. of people just running about and yeah yeah. yeah, um,
1: yeah.
0: and uh yeah the arctic the
1: yeah arctic it's is a set. isn't it yeah it is yeah and it's like oh my god like now they'd be like, like the, oh we'll go to a glacier in norway the most number norway. of
0: plastic boulders i've ever seen
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like i love and
0: some of the the crystal or polystyrene a lot of polystyrene. Oh, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah a lot of like polished polystyrene yeah it's amazing well actually i i've about that very quickly actually so um, take off and the, sorry the 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 flying rigs I want to talk about, but that I will come back to the bit about polystyrene and shiny and stuff because it plays into this. Um, the flying rigs were set up in three different ways. So obviously for him flying around is literally the tagline of the film was "You will believe a man can fly." Um, my dad said he saw this in the cinema and was like, everyone in the cinema was just like, I don't understand how what like it, how have they. <laughs> It just absolutely, it's like there's this and there's, um, I guess, Close Encounters and Star Wars. So they were all kind of in production at the same time, but didn't know anything about each other. It's just kind of a coincidence. Kicked off this huge science fiction special-effect-driven thing of the late 70s. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the flying scenes still look amazing. I still think they look really good. Some of it looks a little bit cheap and old, but I, I, I think it looks really, really good for think the most it,
0: part. it doesn't ever look cheap and old. There were a couple of bits where you think, well, actually, they were clearly doing this for the first time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Reeve doesn't know what to do with his hands. yeah. It's all. You know, is it this arm do I do out, this, or is it do the I, other arm are my arms out, by the or, side, or? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna keep doing it. I'm like doing breaststroke through the sky.
1: I always just think about if you think, even if he's on a rig on a flying rig on wires, right? They're around his hips, so he's got to like hold his arms and legs out the whole time. The man who must have had the strongest core.
0: <laughs> well, he's ripped. He been, he's been working
1: out working with David Brown, Darth Vader, bro. He's <laughs> got them Vader abs. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be shredded like Vader. Uh, anyway so um, they
0: those moves like Jagger and those abs like Vader
1: (laughs) (laughs) but never the twain shall meet (laughs) yeah so the flying rigs were split up into three different sets take off and landing stationary shots and then tracking him as he flies so take off and landing counterweights similar to the theater the way they do stuff in the theater counterweights yep. pulleys him jumping da, 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 uh, amazing and then they rotoscope out all the and rotoscoping in these days as well is literally somebody got the negative and painted the the wires out yep <laughs> physically painted them out by hand yeah um
0: so that's how else are you gonna do it
1: well yeah exactly so that's all very straightforward um stationary shots so he's suspended in front of a blue screen um and he banks his body left and right so he just literally leans um, and then uh, they blue screen it in afterwards. Um, they actually had to change the color of the super suit to be lighter blue because when it was too dark blue, you couldn't see him.
0: It was picking up the chromium. Yeah. So they had Amazing. to like add a
1: little bit of green in and make it lighter, make it a lighter color
0: for what it's worth, we've all done that when we've been in front of a blue screen or a green screen and you realise that you're wearing a t-shirt and all of a sudden you can see through
1: yourself 100%, 100% Um, uh, we were talking about this the other day, now that we're on Zoom you can uh, sorry, on our live stream you can set up a green screen function Um, and I have found that you can buy a green screen set up in a frame for 30 quid on Amazon and god help me, I've ordered it
0: So what we need to do now is get some serious pulleys and counterweights and we can (laughs) do the (laughs) take-off.
1: Forget about your hilarious Zoom conference, I've got a picture in the background. I'm going to set up a flying rig in my spare bedroom with a green screen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the the next podcast, all we're going to hear is...
1: Uh, (laughs) uh... The problem with it is, though, I haven't got Vader abs, so it'll just be like a person limply hanging from a wire...
0: Ah, you know, like a bagel.
1: My tummy, like a bagel. <laughs> we've net, we've we've cracked the case. That's what it is. <laughs> right. Anyway, right. So tracking. So yeah. So me shots. Half a
0: bagel on a string. So
1: the the really big thing of this, which is very very interesting, is the tracking. Tracking him as he flies. So yeah. where the shot is him flying around, front projection was used. So what that is essentially is you film him with a camera, and then you've got a material behind them, invented by 3M, which you very. A very low light project the background onto this material, but it reflects it back so much brighter that it looks. That it looks like it's a real background. Exactly, exactly. So um, they actually invented, um, well, the the the, the um, cinematographer invented something called the Zoptic system, which meant that the projector was synced to the camera, so that when you know you not know, live music Zoptic Zoptic. Okay. Optic. The person that invented it was a Serbian man whose name I wrote down on a different version of my notes, which I haven't saved to the cloud. Uh, <laughs> eh. Whoops! Um, not just not crediting the man for this incredible thing. He
0: he won't be the first Serbian to go unrecognised.
1: <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, so they they they, fixed it, they rigged a camera to the projector so that when you zoomed in on Superman, it kind of zoomed out on the projection so it pulled reverse projection so you got it looked so the background the background recedes as you zoom in on the person so that it looks like you're actually it's incredible you've got contra zoom on the Uh, oh so it's so clever it was also insanely lightweight so they could do it on big crane cams and all this kind of stuff so like superman and lois they're rigged separately flying around and that kind of stuff and all of that is reprojection so, but they can move the camera, they can swoop it around them, they can, they've can. got such better movement because the zoom and the actual camera itself is rigged to the projector, so you haven't got to worry about it. It's, it's, it's ingenious, and this is 1978. It's absolutely ingenious. Now, that material that 3M created, because it re- reflects the light back so much brighter, they discovered that it was an amazing material, so the outfits in Krypton are made of this material. That's how they glow.
0: Hang on a minute. Did Superman invent the high vis? <laughs> Maybe. Well no, isn't that the kind of material that they use for reflection? Oh uh, yeah, strips I think so, on... yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> It's so cool. I was going to make a cheap joke about the fact that Superman invented the Post-it note, but that's so much
1: better. <laughs> it's amazing. It really does blow my mind. So, like the bit where he's flying around underground and he's picking up the fault line and stuff, all that looks like it's glowing in red. It's just red light shone onto stuff wrapped in this material. The reason the Fortress of Solitude looks all shiny and bright, is, and Krypton and all that stuff, is they've just they've made this material for the front projection. They're like, oh, we want everything, anything that needs to glow or look like crystals, let's just wrap in this stuff. So good. So so good. So so good. And that about wraps it up for production at long last. <laughs> because yeah. But a lot of production. A storied history. And we're not even well, talking about Superman it 2. It
0: sounds like it was checkered. Mm. And bear in mind that Superman 2 does explain why you get the whole Zod bit up front. Because yep. obviously that's integral to the entire plot. Yeah, of Superman it's conceived
1: as a as a two parter. Um it's the but it, never referenced again. It's the, inven- the, it's the invention it's of the, it's the invention of the MCU's. Oh, you haven't seen the first one? Oh no, then you're not going to understand the second one.
0: <laughs> well, except that they do a massive flashback oh my at God. the beginning. Of I, the I, I one. watched actually. The, you pretty much
1: get the entire scene again. I watched Superman two yesterday, and it is literally the begin the first like 25 minutes. is like previously Did you watch the on-
0: theatrical cut, the Donner cut. I watched the
1: Donner cut, but but the beginning is literally. I don't watch the theatrical cut anymore. God damn it, Donner for life, man. I'm Team Donner hmm donna talking of things i miss being in quarantine i watched the simpsons the other day and he gets um could you not make one he got yeah i definitely could but it's not the same i watched the simpsons the other day and he stops at Krusty oh, burger it would and gets, be considerably nicer <laughs> Yeah, it definitely would uh he stops at Krusty burger and gets nuggets in this episode of the simpsons um and i've never been one for the chicken mcnugget and i actually sat on the sofa and was like god damn i wish i could have chicken mcnuggets right now <laughs> It's not being out. There. I, re- I watched a documentary. Uh, the, well, I say documentary, a thirty-minute YouTube video um, about the Filio fish uh, the other day uh, because lockdown. Oh, so what are you going to do? And I've never had one.
0: Don't they're they're nasty. I kind of want
1: it. I kind of want. No, it now. they're
0: really really
1: <laughs> bad. The tartar sauce and cheese. Ooh. No, it's the fish. It's all.
0: You know what you imagine that fish shouldn't taste like. Is
1: it like mashed or is it like flaky?
0: Oh, it's mashed and and reconstituted, but it's like, do you remember those cheap fish cakes that used to be more potato and parsley than fish? <laughs>
1: yes, yes, I do.
0: Right now, imagine one of those, but it's actually increased the fish quotient. But they've used the bottom of the barrel of cod. Oh god,
1: I was I was trying to explain something to 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 my wife the other day. Um, I used to love when I was a kid. It was it came in like a thick paper envelope, and it was a square of cod with parsley butter, and you boiled it. Oh,
0: yeah. You remember those? Did you boil it, or did you put it in the oven?
1: Uh, you boiled it. Well, at least boiled my mum did. The <laughs> boiled in a bag card. in a bag card. And when I was a kid, I loved this stuff. And my mum used to buy it then, for me as a treat. Actually,
0: <laughs> you might quite like a filet of fish.
1: <laughs> I used to love it. My mum used to buy them for me as a treat.
0: <laughs> you, you may have gone slightly... Down in my estimation, the, but the, yeah, the, I mean, but the, as and when they reopen, Mike, you can go. I will have a Big Mac because, frankly, oh, I'll have a Big after Mac after all well. of this. <laughs> I'm relaxed. So, which was the side burger? The fillet
1: fish is the side burger. My greatest invention.
0: Oh no, 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 no! What we can do is we can do a proper classical meal. You have a starter, you have a fish course, you have a soup course. Um, I mean, I say soup, I mean shake. Yeah. Uh, oh then you have a meat course, and then you have dessert.
1: People keep asking me, well, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get out of quarantine? Coffee and pettivores. Mackie D's, why? <laughs> I'm a foodie. <laughs> uh, my ultimate treat when I was a kid was my mum used to buy oven pe- cheap oven pizzas from Asda's. Um, but my ultimate treat was she would microwave them instead of put them in the oven. Because I, the, so all- I liked them all bendy and the cheese being already stringy. <laughs>
0: I mean, you say cheese—the two strands of cheddar on each the, CD side. The pizzas in, in asdis were cheddar. called
1: tomato and cheese pizzas because they have to—they have to um, label the the ingredient that there is the most of first. <laughs> <laughs> so they were called bread. tomato and cheese bread discs. <laughs> <The> bread tomato. <laughs>
0: anyway, Italian bread discs. Superman. Yes. Anyway, so <laughs> they can't call them Italian bread discs. They're made. They're literally made down the road. From you in what Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Right, the anyway.
0: using stoked bread discs.
1: Should we um, talk about the music of Superman instead of my weird oh, snacks when I was a kid? Let's. Let's. So originally... Right, so it's, it, it's, it's John Williams. It is John Williams. Originally it was going to be Jerry Goldsmith because he worked with Richard Donner on The Omen, uh, but he dropped out. So they were like, oh, who else can we get? What about John Williams conducting the London Symphony Orchestra?
0: Does he ever conduct anybody else?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anybody ever else? I just love that their backup Uh, plan for Jerry Goldsmith is John Williams and a London Symphony Orchestra.
0: Again, though, uh, timing-wise, don't forget, Williams star on the rise, Mm. Goldsmith star actually already well up there.
1: Yeah, because Williams, Um, I suppose, hadn't done Star Wars and stuff at this point, or had just done done Star Wars. Wars. He
0: hadn't done Mm. um, indie. He hadn't done all the stuff that we know and love him for. That's very true. Uh, Jurassic Park's years away, Mm. and... Yeah, uh, Goldsmith had done a whole bunch of stuff, including Alien, prior to this. Yeah, uh, Yes, just. E- e- yep. uh, either way, well established. And also, they're both very much of the same school. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. Possibly, literally, Juilliard, I
1: think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might well be exactly the same. It's like how all composers in modern movies are protégés of Hans Zimmer. Oh, do I know this score from somewhere? I know the score from somewhere. It sounds like the score from, like, Batman or something. Oh, they studied under Hans Zimmer. That would be why. Okay, right. Um,
0: but yes. They um, studied under Danny Elfman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, they uh, the, the score is amazing. I mean, it's, you know, the Superman fanfare, one of the most famous things, so soundtracks ever.
0: John Williams starting to do what he then went on to do for an entire career, incredibly successfully, beautifully and wonderfully, uh, which is um, making the string section earn their crust. Yep. Uh, letting the horn section steal all the glory, yeah. and light motifs across the board, yeah. character-based themes mm. across the entire score. Mm. It is stunning. It, it really is gorgeous. Is. It's it really a bit is. weird for some of the incidental stuff, if you actually listen to it. Mm. I was saying to you uh, off-mic just before that uh, it does rather raise, in my mind... A slight characterization of William Scores: He really, really loves writing the character themes for the the leading lady. Yeah,
1: a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And this is, well, one example of many, which 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 you you should you should explain. <laughs> I'm not well, going to so steal the whole Lois's thing. theme in
0: this film <laughs> is, to my mind, anyway, the best theme, the best piece of music. It even outshines the main theme, the main fanfare.
1: That's fair. Okay.
0: And again, you've got the same thing that crops from Indiana Jones with Marion's theme and yep. the, the love theme, as I think it's called uh, in, in that movie. Uh, obviously, Star Wars. Um, you've got Leia and again, the love theme. Oh, and he just, he loves love. Leia's theme,
1: Jesus Christ. That is so good. Um, so. But no, I, my favourite bit is actually the actual piece of music, Krypton, when they first, when the movie first opens on Krypton. I don't know why. I just, I find that... Uh, a touching is a weird way of putting it, but I just don't know why. I find it very emotive. It's just really, really good. But I mean, the, I mean, the whole way through, the music is. It there's such. I mean that that bit when we the, we cut back uh, twelve years later, and it just cuts to Reeve in the suit. You get the first. Well, actually, it's not the bah, first because they've bah, done bah, it. Bah. But it's slow. And you're, yeah, and it's slow. Measured. And yeah. it's, oh god. It's, it's slightly muted. It's legit goosebumps um, every yeah. time. Every time. Uh, and it's like, it's at a point where like, okay, I'm not really going to talk about Man of Steel because I will become enraged.
0: Well, but we, when they, we'll mention it
1: later. where Hans Zimmer references the, the John Williams Superman motif in that score, it is it, it like, it distracts, it almost distracts you from the film that you're like, oh my God, that's yep. a Superman thing. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, Superman's here. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> um but yeah the, the the john williams game where you get a person to try and hum the opening of the superman theme the uh star wars theme and then indiana jones and almost nobody can do it i would assume you can
0: i can do it now if you want
1: <laughs> oh really okay so you can do superman
0: all right so superman
1: okay now do indiana jones
0: Da, 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 oh da, my da, God! I knew we were going to be able da, to do this. Can you do Star Wars now? I knew you. I can, do... but not not quietly.
1: <laughs> Basically, almost nobody. I knew can can Jurassic do that. Park. Sure. Oh really? It's the French horn that always throws me off. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that speaker was turned away from me, and I couldn't hear the French horn, and that's why I didn't get that right.
0: Yeah right okay so anyway uh sir john williams uh the beginning of his meteoric rise um is he the most uh,
1: is he the person with the most oscars ever i think he is right i don't know other than than walt disney i think he's the person with the most oscars ever certainly the most he just
0: i'm assuming that he just keeps them on top of like a massive grand (laughs) oh yeah
1: incredible yeah
0: it spans 70 octaves. It keeps just adding He started keys. with
1: like a regular piano, then he had to buy a baby grand, and he has to keep upgrading. Yeah. They've had to invent a new... He can't
0: actually use... I mean, the notes up here only dogs can hear, <laughs> and the notes down the other end, if he yeah. plays them, it will actually cause earthquakes.
1: They had to invent a new type of bigger piano, so John Williams had someone to keep all his awards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the best family guy cutaway that never was. <laughs>
0: Uh, even Family Guy acknowledged this. Come on. Oh, yeah. He gets he gets a call out in blue oh, harvest yeah. or whatever it is.
1: Ladies and gentlemen introducing Danny Elfman <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think it's even that it's like oh damn it, now we're stuck <laughs> yeah. with Danny Elfman. <laughs> Yes, there is that yeah
1: there is that bit isn't it where chris says and now ladies and gentlemen john williams and i think it might even be leia's and theme the
0: london symphonic Orchestra. i think i think
1: it might be leia's theme as well that they introduced in that
0: no it's not it's the two moons
1: the uh, oh my god talk about your beautiful pieces of music talk about you right anyway <laughs> come on right yeah so let's talk about the reception of this film uh, people loved it because it's fucking no. awesome no surprises there then um it was originally meant to come out in june 1978 um which would have been the 40th anniversary of action comics uh number one that first introduced superman um but due to everyone hating each other and richard Donner wanting to get it right uh, i'm so on richard Donner's side it's ridiculous um it was pushed back six months so it came out uh in uh december in december um Donna, for his part, said he wished he had another six months. I would have perfected a lot of things, but at some point you've got to turn the picture over, which is yep. reasonable. Um, it was Warner Brothers' most successful movie of all time, and it was num- it was the second highest grossing movie of nineteen seventy eight behind Greece.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: Fucking Greece.
0: <laughs> it's just unlucky. Yeah, like, I mean yeah. Greece is a great film in a whole bunch of different ways. Incorrect. It has <laughs> sorry
1: no Incorrect. It, it, no it's fair enough I just don't like music. it musicals. has a massive
0: fan base okay. I can't
1: stand it it's true fair. Yeah. but it's not it wasn't made for me no it's very true I know it's the same thing with Mamma Mia I can't stand it but
0: yeah I quite like Mamma Mia sorry I actually quite like Mamma Mia I I just hate ABBA but I like ABBA I, hate,
1: I say I hate ABBA so much I don't all the people in it it's got Meryl Streep and Pierce Brosnan in it brilliant but then they're singing ABBA songs and I'm like woof
0: yeah and randomly. And I love They're them. doing that thing that you hate where they just randomly break into someone. Oh, it's
1: the, worst. it's the worst. When people start singing in TV shows, even if it's a joke that it's meant to be bad, I have to mute the television. I can't deal with it. It makes me cringe so much. I'm like, no. Even worse so when what they what you're rap. saying is
0: that if I ever need to just shut you up on the podcast, all I have to do is break into song, <laughs> start spontaneously, and possibly with a backing. Do crew. like
1: a Hamilton-like talk-singing thing, and now oh, we're God, going man. to talk about Pac-Man. I'll be like, "No,
0: ah, oh, God!" <laughs> Oi, oh,
1: spoilers. <laughs> I mean, beep. Right, come on, moving <laughs> right, on. Yeah, so, reception. Uh, it was very well received. Uh, it was nominated for best film editing, best original score, and best Yay. sound mixing, and it won Yay. at the Oscars. And it won none of them, but they did invent a special achievement in best visual effects which it did win because they literally invented an award for it um yeah which is fair enough um richard donner very vocal about um production design and cinematography not getting nods his dp and he uh,
0: he did say that his he he was what was outraged mm. that the production designers didn't even get nominated it is insane
1: i mean it is insane um it got nominated for best support best actor in a supporting role best cinematography best production design best sound um at the baftas it actually won most promising newcomer for christopher reeve um, which is insane. There was a time when Christopher Reeve was a best promising newcomer um, and outstanding British Contribution to Cinema Award. It won at the BAFTAs because, again, although Guy Hamilton left, it was still shot at Pinewood and Shepparton with all the Bond people. Um, it was nominated for the Golden Globes uh, for the best original score, but didn't win. But it did win a load of Saturn Awards, um, which I've never really followed, but always pop up in Wikipedia articles. So are they a thing? The science fiction um, awards? N- well, Are they big?
0: Yes, but also no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, if you're into science. I appreciate life. that's not very clear. Um, <laughs> I'm glad no, that so the, settled The this. trouble is that
0: there's a degree of snobbery, um, and the Saturn Awards are important, but the Hugo Awards are more important. Sure. Sure, sure. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes, that makes, sense. That makes sense. So, yeah. So everybody loved it's a bit it. Like, it made know. a head of money. Anyway. Uh, fantastic. So everybody loved it. Can we hear from some people who didn't? It's Amazon one star review. So as you say,
1: not everybody loves this uh, film. Um,
0: I can't. I mean, I know we do this every uh, every month. I cannot imagine what people would not like about Superman. <laughs> this is the first time we've. Ever I'm read, about to find out.
1: This is the first time we've ever read a one star review, and I was actually really fucking pissed off after I read it. <laughs> Is it in here? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, I uh, saved good. it for last. So, um, first of all, we've got Kindle Customer from November 2017, titled So So. One star for So So. Uh,
0: that would suggest at least two or
1: three. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, too old fashioned when compared to today's special effects. So, more of an observation than a criticism. Uh, We wanted to watch it after watching all of Smallville, but weren't fans of this classic. Okay, first of all, don't refer to it as a classic in your one-star review. Second of all, you're disappointed because it wasn't as good as Smallville.
0: Look, I like Smallville. So do I. But, yeah, no, wrong way around.
1: (laughs) It's insane! Who watches Smallville and is like, nah, this isn't as good. Hang on, who
0: watches Smallville and is like, you know what we haven't seen before? (laughs)
1: did you know there's other things about superman
0: yeah there's a film there are four <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong there's an entire load of uh, like the comic book side of things sure. what well, have you that i do not i've never been involved sure. in and i've never had any real desire to be involved in right. i don't understand how somebody could oh know. i suppose young people
1: no this person is old man <laughs> i looked Maybe. at their profile they are old so anyway oh. hanny hanny july 24 2004 entitled this is great Release Superman into our 21st century. Very bad film. They released Spider Man into the 21st century. Why not Superman? I've always found him to be our most appealing comic. He is sure for an amazing performance. Release him into our century! All in caps. (laughs) not sure what she's looking for release him. him into our century uh he did uh, give his only other review is five stars for the matrix revolutions
0: is that the third one yes <laughs> wow
1: release him into
0: our century do you think they, they might actually be in the parallel universe that got Muhammad <laughs> Ali?
1: I'm honestly... Uh. Yeah, maybe. I'm Honestly, a st- sometimes it feels like someone's gone on and written a review so that I can find it one day and put it on a podcast. We might have,
0: we might, we, we might have to start doing that at some point, by the way. It'd be hilarious.
1: So, there were only three... The ultimate uh, to playful tower. The, the ultimate playful tower. There, there were only three uh, because the third one annoys me so, so very much. Okay. Amazon Deep customer... Breath a fucking coward fucking coward july 2006 probably good back in the 70s fucking snide motherfucker this is probably great dvd if you're buying it for nostalgia and want to watch the movie you loved back in the 70s when you were dumb (laughs) but to anyone who will be watching the movie for the first time today it is absolutely horrific Crazy, ridiculous, impossible plot with murderous explanation holes. Kryptonite? Why does that hurt Superman and not ordinary humans? (laughs) It's quite clearly explained. The real kicker was when he reversed time. Oh God, if you finished high school, then this movie isn't for you. So that was his original review.
0: Right, is that the one that made you angry?
1: (laughs) He is then vociferously attacked online on Amazon. I've never seen replies to comments really before, but this man had replies and people were not happy. So he updated it just this year, last year, 2019. And he said, okay, maybe I was a little rough. I apologize for offending anyone. I apologize if you were offended, he says. Sorry, you know, that old old chestnut. Oh, I'm sorry if you feel that way. (laughs) Wait, are you apologizing or making this my (laughs) fault? And so he comes back as an update and he says, I think I'll just sum up what I meant to communicate in 2016. The plot isn't believable and the solutions uh, posed in the movie don't even have a scintilla of sense, in my opinion, for a superhero. Somebody else got a word. <laughs> yeah, For a superhero movie. Now it, isn't very- <laughs> now, it isn't very believable that getting bitten by a spider will give you spider powers or that an engineering genius can build an iron suit in his basement. But at least the uh, at least the solutions they present to overcome the villains have a foundation in reality.
0: Just gonna let that one hang, on, aren't we, for a minute?
1: Um, what was the point of all the Krypton stuff? I hate films that set something up in the first film that doesn't pay off until later. So you do like the MCU or not? Because that's literally their whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will All wait. Right. I will wait twelve years for Avengers Endgame, but if you show me Terrence Stamp at the beginning of your Superman film, and it doesn't pay off till the next one. I'm furious.
0: <laughs> he kind of has a point.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, if you really enjoy Superman and really enjoyed this movie, you'll probably like this. However, if you are young and you are used to modern, good superhero movies, then I think you will want to kill this film. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Killer, kill it! Kill <laughs> <Killer>, it! <laughs> Uh, You should watch the TV extended edit, because they tried. They tried fire, they tried bullets, they tried ice. It didn't work.
1: (laughs) you kill this movie. I just...
0: Oh, God. I mean, this is something that we've mercifully managed to skirt around. Yeah, there will be a whole bunch of uh, modern comic book movie fan people, and I I care little for what any of them think of this.
1: No, I agree.
0: You know why? Because I was a child in the 80s. I wasn't even born when this was released. (laughs) However... I do remember watching, mm. it may even have been, it wasn't the three-hour version, mm. but it was definitely on VHS in my house. It was played regularly.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I loved it. And, and frankly, if, if you love the MCU, you should be thanking this movie, because this set the template for superhero films. Yeah. Literally, every this, superhero this film This is the know.
0: reason we have <laughs> Batman in 89 yeah. and everything that
1: followed all the Nolan movies. Literally, I mean well, we we'll talk about that slightly more in legacy, but we can get into it now to be fair. But um Well, let's go. Let's
0: go. Come let's on. Let's it. do legacy.
1: But like literally when Christopher Nolan made Batman Begins, he said the word verisimilitude <laughs> to the studio. He said we What did you say? He said "versimilitude," ver <laughs> versimilitude.
0: ver <laughs> distinctly minty.
1: Look, the battery on my iPad has run out, so I can't look at it. <laughs> to see the word, so I'm just running from memory and I'm a bit drunk and I'm a bit wound up about this review.
0: <laughs> right, so anyway. Yeah.
1: Um, but yes, he said, he said versimilitude. Ver- he said, we're not going to wink at the camera, we're going to do exactly like Donna did in the 70s. All all that kind of playing it straight and not being like don't worry, it's a comic book thing that is because of this movie. So all of the MCU, all of the just DC to, Universe.
0: Just to take a moment I uh, hope you're listening, Schumacher, you schlock. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because even Burton managed to play this straight with Elfman on the strings,
1: with the anchor of it. So it's so unfair to Danny Elfman, who is a very accomplished and very good composer. I
0: think he'll be okay with it. Yeah, I think. To be honest, so (laughs) So funny. Oh no, two guys on the internet don't like me. He's outside with the. he's
1: outside with the YouTube guys. (laughs) He's outside the house.
0: Just, That's a throwback to the live stream, by the way. In case pointing at me with comp-
1: the conductor's baton in a threatening manner.
0: <laughs> Somebody's playing the tuba behind him in a jaunty fashion.
1: Yeah. But no, it, um, it really does set the template for, for, for all of that kind of stuff. So you know, okay, fair enough. Look, it's 1978. You might not like it. You might not like Superman. But this is where it comes from. Like, have some under- have some self awareness, man. Yeah. <laughs> so angry.
0: <laughs> and also just go and talk to somebody who's not 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. or 17 or whatever. Yeah. Talk to somebody who for whom this was their first big Superman movie and then go and watch the Spider-Man movie that was also made in the early 80s.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is Which is well, bloody awful. And these kids with their Tom Holland Spider-Man, the Raimi Spider-Man's oh. incredible films. Spider-Man 2, the Raimi made fantastic movie. And that's very much the same feel as this kind of movie. Oh, you're not a fan?
0: I'm not massively, but that's oh, okay. Anyway, but, yeah, but it, again, it's like it's, say, well,
1: it's the same kind of tone, is is what I'm kind of trying to say. Um, so, if you like Superman, good. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, that's also okay. It's the strong stance. We live in a
0: free world. <laughs> We're taking the strong stance. Where you are permitted to your own opinions, <laughs> but please don't put them on the internet and please don't get into fights over. We're them. taking the
1: very strong stance of kind of do whatever you like and that's fine. <laughs> Just
0: live and let live. Damn it. Yeah.
1: God. <sighs>
0: now, what I was going to say was, if you like Superman, what else I'm would you like? Perspiring. Well, I'm kind of covered. I'm
1: <laughs> I'm perspiring. I'm so angry. <laughs> Uh, no, um, I do, I do, I do, I do have very, very many recommendations. Um, uh, live your whole life reading Superman on, it's, comics. It's, uh, that don't, would be my advice. Don't need to. <laughs> no, <laughs> entirely very unnecessary. Um, and to
0: be honest, not gonna lie. Having run through, because I, I googled a couple of bits whilst I was watching it, like things like, ooh, the Phantom Zone. I know what that is. Turns out, comic book um, uh, writers, uh, especially, love to latch on to these little points mm. and really, really, really overuse them.
1: Oh yeah. Like,
0: so yeah, don't ever read up on anything to do with the Phantom Zone because yeah, that's a whole big. It's one to of the, the point where it's Superman's paroling
1: people at some point. <laughs> yeah, he's literally sets up a Phantom Zone prison and becomes a jailer. It's super super weird. It-
0: and they have a guy who gets sent in there because he's dying, and he's let out when they find a cure. <laughs> like, okay, labouring really. The, it's the, like a big spinny cool disc. The canon,
1: the canon of Superman, like any comic book thing makes absolute perfect sense and is very enjoyable whilst you're reading a comic but once you condense it into like an article explaining what the context of it is you go Fair. wait this is
0: ridiculous but no i would say that realistically let's see if we can do a kind of a recommendations without necessarily having to drink all of the comic book kool-aid okay that might be incredibly unfair well, but what else have you
1: got uh, the superman 2 the richard Donner Superman Two.
0: <laughs> No, Superman 2 is amazing. No, uh, Especially the Donner Cut. Yeah, absolutely. It has to be the Donner Cut, by and large, because they kind of fucked that one up the arse as well. Yeah,
1: indeed, indeed. But we're not doing Superman 2, we're doing Superman 1. Superman (laughs) 3. Superman 3. Which
0: I actually love. It's my favourite Is that the the one with Richard Pryor? It yeah, is, yeah as a computer hacker genius. <laughs> yeah. You can probably see why I might have aligned myself slightly more behind that. And one.
1: I like that, I like that one. And, she, like, the, and the
0: terrifying, terrifying where she gets taken over the computer the, at the she's end. Like, wrapped in cables oh and my stuff. god.
1: Yeah, so good. Oh, yeah. He crushes the diamond, crushes was, the coal, that was, and turns out. That,
0: that was the stuff of nightmare, literal nightmares uh-huh. for me for at least a decade.
1: Um the best sequel to Superman two, Superman Returns, the Brian Singer movie. I am a very much a champion of this film. I like the one okay. with Brandon Routh. Uh, I very much like that. It's made very much in the vein, and it's a direct sequel to Superman 2. It is a very much in the same tone and vein as Richard Donner. The only kind of problem with this, that one is that Superman doesn't really hit anybody or do anything. He flies around and saves a plane and stuff, but it's all very, oh my God, it's, it's very much a, if you super, if you love Superman, then you'll love it because it's very much a, oh my God, isn't Superman amazing? But not a lot else happens. Um, that's really good. Um, the the movies that followed in the eighties, the you know, like you say, the Burton Batmans, Batman Burton ba- yeah, both Burton Batmans, very good. Um, if you like Richard Donner, the Lethal Weapon films. Yep. So good. You know, it's the same kind of comedy, the same direction, that kind of thing. Very much a Richard Donner type type thing. Um obviously, yeah, like I say, the MCU
0: <laughs> no. yeah.
1: There's loads. No. Nah. No, no, fair enough. Nah. Uh, the
0: I'm just I'm shaking my head in disagreement. The no. the,
1: the, Ra- the spider So I believe we said something about not being about comic books though. So.
0: <laughs> well, and also that's fair. That these are also movies, but
1: the mo- movies of uh, um, movies of the seventies of that part of that kind of time are very much of a piece as well. Movies of the late seventies right, feel so the same.
0: Let's let's cast this out a bit. So Gene Hackman, anything with yep.
1: French Connection including watch the French Connection oh my God.
0: Um, and watch them as they pretty much steal a car chase
1: um, The Conversation that is amazing with Gene Hackman that is brilliant that is absolutely amazing uh, Marlon Brando just no. again Apocalypse Now on to the be Warth honest watch
0: Apocalypse Now watch Last Tango in Paris but don't watch it in Italy apparently yeah
1: that movie is. Um, it's a great film. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a good but film. But it's, it's it a, a bit
0: kinky film. in places. Uh, hilariously, nowhere near as kinky as things that you will have seen on the internet recently. <laughs> yeah. so. It's like,
1: oh my God, it's so crazy. And then you watch it and you're like, oh no, it's like it was crazy it, it, in 1974.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it, beautiful art house cinema, wonderfully yeah. shot, absolutely. Uh, amazingly acted. Anyway, uh, what else we got? Uh, Christopher Reeve, what else did he do?
1: Pass. <laughs>
0: Okay, It's kind of the problem. It's a bit of the problem
1: with Christopher Reeve. <laughs> he did a lot of TV and stuff like that, but as much as... It, but he was Superman. It's like Mark Hamill. What yeah. else did Mark Hamill he do? Just... <laughs> uh,
0: voice work. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly. Really, really well. Christopher Reeve yeah, is no, in Smallville so... at
0: one point. He is? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, I would say watch Smallville. It's not bad. It isn't
1: bad. It is not bad at it all. It takes itself
0: a bit too seriously in places. It but... is absolutely
1: yeah. not bad at all. No, definitely not. Definitely not.
0: And frankly, anything else that somebody that anything else that came out in the late seventies, the early eighties, that somebody turns around to you who is say about forty or forty five, mm. and they say this was a staple of my childhood, mm. just go and watch. <laughs> it. This was Hollywood at its yeah. absolute finest.
1: Yeah, absolutely pushing
0: boundaries, creating classics, creating memories. I'm not just saying that because I am one of those forty
1: <laughs> year old
0: ish people. But it's
1: it's it, but it's also. Just like the ingenuity of it. It's so easy to do like that tagline. The tagline of this film is you will believe a man can fly because this is an era when green screen and all that shit. People like the end of Avengers Endgame is amazing when they all appear in the portals. Captain America's got the hammer. I nearly stood up in the cinema. It's amazing. That is every yeah, more, day more, for us. That's every day it's for more us. More swarming CGI. Yeah, absolutely. This is. So, oh my God! There are a hundred
0: thousand orcs coming over know, that hill. So, no, they're not. They
1: created a special Oscar a for this film algorithm because they worked out how to do rear projection and wires. Front projection. <laughs> Front projection. Front projection. Ha <laughs> ha! Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Rear projection and wires. You know, it's. It is. It is. They a invented
0: material for it. They paid Marlon Brando money to be a bagel <laughs> in this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well he certainly did his best
0: and if not he continued working long afterwards sort of. anyway that that I think brings us to a close I think so that's been Superman it's, I'm pretty sure looking at the clock I'm, I'm showing about an hour and a half I don't think it'll be quite that long <laughs> it will be a bit over now we thank you for your time um, we hope that you have enjoyed well Superman which you can't not enjoy He's literally super. If you don't believe me, go back and watch yeah. it. It is heartwarming. It is every bit the Sunday afternoon family classic mm. that you remember it being or that you want it to be. The cars are old. Bits of the special effects might be a bit shoddy, but fundamentally, this is easily one of the greatest superhero films ever made. And if you disagree with us, fine. It's a free planet. <laughs> We will see you in two weeks' time when we're going to be talking about another champion.
1: A champion. A champion. Is
0: a champion <laughs> who is actually a year before Superman. So we're keeping it real in the seventies. Until then, uh from our various isolations and lockdowns, this is Mike and Rob and we're not going to be no things saying stay safe. And we'll see you soon. Who can stop this constipated shot with the awful animation and the complicated plot? Who's got the rap on to drop on Japan? This looks like a job for the OG. Superman! I'm killing it. You're killing it. I'm villainous to vegetables. Who dance around in hamper pants and hide their tiny genitals. My level is incredible. I'm out of your league. Go at justice? I'll bust this nut <laughs> up in your GG. Greasy! Sick MC from DC. One breath that feeds your whole measly species. you primitive and limited. You live in a village of idiots. Step in Metropolis or so step a character. How many times
1: are they gonna rewrite your story? Three, two, one.
0: Let's try that again.
1: I'm too fast. I'm like a ninja.
0: No, too slow. The lag on the video might be a bit high, to be honest. So let's go again. Three, two, one.
1: Look, what am I? Some kind of movie expert.
0: Remains to be seen. (laughs) Let's do our movie.
1: Let's do our movie podcast.
0: Welcome uh, to Two Guys Who Know Nothing About Anything That They Talk About.
1: <laughs> That's just called the internet. That's fine. Coming
0: up next week, vaginas.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the clitoris. The legend of the clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, boy. It's okay. like na- National Treasure 3. <laughs> Nicolas Cage is definitely not finding that. I'm, he, he doesn't seem like a generous lover. <laughs> and it's funny because it's one of the most instantly recognisable things of all time but there's the famous that John Williams game which we're not going to play because you're the only person I know we're because... going
0: to play it on the live stream oh, Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, right. in a week's time right. uh, in fact no a week ago well you basically so...
1: <laughs> you get a week
0: ago if you weren't listening to the live stream <laughs> shit um, I'll cut that out <laughs>